I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the At Woods End podcast. <laughs> We're recording. <laughs> no, it's not the same. <laughs> Why are we here? What have I done? Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? Like, it's so obviously not. <laughs> You're just uneducated. It's not that bad. I don't know, is that even a word? Welcome back to the Atwoods End podcast, episode number 10, The Comparison Complex. I'm Kim. And I'm Megs. And can you believe that this is the 10th episode? <laughs> I mean, like, for me, it feels like we've really been doing this for a decade, even though we haven't. It hasn't even been a year. Like, I think, what was it, like, August of last year? We- February. No, but of this Kim, year. We did we did some sort of preliminary recording just to test it out and that was in the summer, I think. Yeah, it might have been in the summer. I do remember coming coming to your house and sitting in the basement. We had to look at each other in a mirror because we had to share a microphone. Yes, yes, exactly. No, I, I remember that because I lost my Apple pencil for like weeks. And then finally someone was like, well, you had it when you were with Kim. And it was like stuck in a chair. <laughs> I was like, bravissimo. Thank God. <laughs> no, I just remember we didn't really plan anything. We just tried to talk and it was a, a solid first attempt. Definitely nothing like what we what we do <laughs> now the on excellence. the level of preparation. <laughs> yeah, nothing like the sheer excellence that we put out today. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what makes us raw and authentic. All right, let's get into the episode. So today we're exploring the idea of comparison, why it's good, why it's bad, and like where do you draw the line when it comes to healthy inspiration and admiration versus the unhealthy sort. Yeah, the other thing that we're going to be touching upon is social comparison, like where that fits into, and just about boundaries and and really the art of setting them. And when I kind of began my research and, and reading for this episode, Obviously, one of the first things that I ran into was, you know, the etymology of the word because, you know, I love that. And comparison comes from the Latin word comparare, <laughs> comparare, which means to pair or match. How is that how you define comparison? I mean, I think so. I see it a bit more so as an act. Like, it's not always about finding that a pair or that perfect like you know twin kind of match but it's this like method we use to determine whether or not something is similar to another thing if that makes sense yeah because like the actual definition is a consideration or estimate of the similarities or dissimilarities between two things so it's it's this idea of like resembling without being identical and I feel like comparing the whole don't compare yourself to others is seen as such a like super negative thing because you'll never be identical. You'll never have an identical result, which is just upsetting. Can you think of an example or can you can you speculate of when comparison can actually be positive? Comparison's just in my mind, and I, I think I think factually, it's just <laughs> a natural part of our human instincts. Like humans in general have this kind of pack mentality where I mean, it's what's made this pandemic so hard. So many people are used to having other humans around and it's like a big part of what signals to us how to behave and like Mm -hmm. helps us to measure that progress in terms of personal development. And being without that, I think kind of throws us off kilter a little bit because we don't have that same sense of who we are as people when we don't have other people 
to compare us ourselves to. And like, it's interesting, actually, because I was reading this article in Psychology Today, and it was talking about like social comparison theory. According to some studies, as much as 10% of our everyday thoughts involve comparison of some mm. sort. So it's like the part where it gets tricky, though, is finding that place where it crosses the line from something positive and healthy into something like more detrimental to our growth. I think when you see comparison as more of this healthy competition and someone else is more so driving you to be better for yourself, then it's a positive thing. But when you're using it purely as a way to be like, oh, I'm better than that person or that person is better than me and I'll never be as good as them, then that's when it's like more of an obstacle. Ooh, like, yeah. what do you think? So like just that it seems to be like a really like balanced thing, which like I feel like everything we talk about, we're like, it's all about balance <laughs> but in this case I see it that okay so the first thing you know listening to what you're saying is that I feel like if you don't have comparison for example if you play Mario Kart and you're like oh heck yeah I'm so good and then you play against my husband you're like oh my gosh how does he win every single time and then I compare myself and I'm like okay so I'm not that good I guess because I do not win every <laughs> single time and then the other thing is that when you look at somebody let's just say somebody doing something and they're mm-hmm. doing it better than you there's a feeling of inferiority if you compare yourself to somebody who's doing it better but then on the flip side of that which i don't think a lot of people tend to think about even or realize is that if you see somebody doing something and you know you can do it better then there's a sense of like superiority those two words match and i, I kind of i really enjoy that and it's just like ha. Huh, I'm well, they talk better. About, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like they talk about forward comparison versus downward comparison. And we, I mean, like humans do both. Upward comparison, you compare yourself to people that you feel are better than you. And then downward comparison, we compare ourselves to people that are like less than us. And both serve purposes because what like you compare yourself to someone who's better than you makes you want to better yourself. But if you compare yourself to someone who you feel like you're better than, it serves as a bit of an ego boost. But then too much of one or the other is obviously not a good thing because you're either going to be like super arrogant or you're going to lack self-confidence because you think everybody's better than you. Right. And so then where in all of this, so you have this, so it feels like it's, you know, it's either better or worse. But then what about when it's, where does like inspiration and admiration fit into this when you're inspired by something let's just say you see somebody cooking something or for for us you know we spend a lot of time on social media for work you know and personal when you're on pinterest and you see beautiful things and are you inspired by them or are you comparing you know what i mean like what do you think about that like where does that fit in i mean i think there's a line i feel like i mean talking me personally a lot of the time what i'm seeking out on pinterest or instagram or looking at it from like that social media perspective I would consider so inspiration because I don't necessarily feel that it makes me feel lesser than and I think that's where the line between inspiration and unhealthy comparison is is that if you can look at something and say oh I love this person's style for example and not think oh I'm so unstylish look how much more stylish this person is but instead oh I like I could totally recreate that outfit like I want to do something similar that's 
not unhealthy but when it takes away from who you are or you see it as a direct I don't know what the right word is like when you take it as like a direct association on like who you are yeah Mm -hmm. like that you're somehow worth because you think this person's doing it better and that's not true we're all just at different places yeah yeah and like so this year for International Women's Day I that one seems I know it's kind of not random but for International Women's Day I always end up doing a lot of reading just you know dive into history of things and And this year, the quote that I kind of stumbled upon was learning to shift comparison to admiration. And I think that there are a lot of, I like to learn and, you know, you you can join me in this, is that when we both see something that we want to do, usually, you know, we try to learn it in some capacity or, you know, there's very few things Mm that no there's a lot of things I guess that I would just not even I can just admire you for that I'm not going to compare myself to that but that's something that takes a lot of work to not because it definitely brings up other feelings like envy and jealousy and I don't even know like a, a FOMO almost like a fear of missing out on mm-hmm. like an opportunity or you know what I mean like a way of life or a lifestyle totally well and I think social media also takes away from you seeing the timeline of those Ooh. things and so you see this person who posts like amazing artwork say and you're like oh I want to post amazing artwork too but you're not seeing the hundreds of sketchbooks lying around their house that they've been practicing since they were 12 years old every day and yes you could do that too but they don't post the terrible sketches they did five years ago they're posting the things they're doing now and you know we have this like instant gratification where we see someone and we want to be like them and we want to be like them right now right instead of yeah, that's that's a really good point because it's true. When you're interacting with people, yeah, you have your like core group of, of people, but outside of that, social media gives you this opportunity to almost have other people's selected moments under a microscope whereas like normally you wouldn't see any of those things like if you're hanging out with your friends and you go you know out to a patio you're not gonna see like there's certain things that you'll be privy to but I guess social media mm-hmm. also expands all the things that we can technically be comparing with with one another but like comparison is necessary you don't know where you stand you may admire you may be inspired but at the end of the day they're both forms of comparison right like comparison is like the root and what you choose to do with that that's kind of what differs yeah I think so because I mean I think of it like hey like we, we all know I talk at a shout if you've ever if anybody ever sees Maggie editing this podcast on the back end <laughs> my volume is like 10 times higher than Maggie's is and I think in a similar way it's like that if you put me in a room with someone else who talks at a high volume we're both gonna shout at each other but like put me in a room with someone who talks in a softer voice and I'm able you're able to compare yourself and like meet that social norm like I don't know if that's a weird analogy but like we need comparison for that reason understand when we're being weird and like appropriate (laughs) humans are pack animals like we're all just trying to fit in and do our best obviously there's originality in that too at the end of the day we all just like want to have our people and our circle and comparison is really important for that yeah side story to to your the volume of your voice so when Kim and I were traveling I don't know where the heck we were we were on a train from somewhere to somewhere and I think this is when we were we were so we were taking a train from Verona, Italy to Innsbruck, Austria. And apparently everybody on this train was just boring because it was like dead silent you know and kim and i were enjoying ourselves we were living our best european life and kim was hollering and i was sitting (laughs) 
<laughs> right across from her and, you know and a few times i was like kim i love you but you need to lower the, the volume yeah i'm like i have truly never whispered a day in my life i only show but <laughs> you know what well anyways i choose not to fit into the norms in that way <laughs> now getting back to like this idea of inspiration and admiration because this is one that like i've i've really kind of played with because like when i'm always like looking for things that inspire me and like admiration is a hard one for me do you feel like you can admire without having any of that envy or jealousy kind of popping in it depends on what it is i wouldn't say that i'm a particularly envious or like jealous person i feel like i'm much more likely to be hard on myself about like i don't know that envy would be the right word but like i'm more you could do that like why can't you do that (laughs) yeah i don't know (laughs) why are you why are you not also an expert in this already (laughs) and i'm more so critical of it makes me more critical of myself and that can be a hard line but i wouldn't say it's something that i come across in my personal life a whole lot i find i feel it more like with work and because i'm self-employed there's you know there's so much of that imposter syndrome because you also don't have the backboard of like co-workers and a boss who's reinforcing you and like giving you those cues to let you know you're doing a good job and so I find I have to limit the time that I spend compare or in the space yeah, of okay. like other freelancers because that's where I get very hard on myself because I compare and I'm like well are they you know you don't see the back end of what they're doing and so you can't help but wonder is what they're doing better or are they like more successful would people rather work with them than with me like what are they doing that I'm not doing even and it doesn't matter how successful you are I think when you don't have that sounding board to understand like where your place is within like an industry or within a community then you kind of can lose yourself pretty easily so I have to really limit yeah so I mean like so limit that's basically the way that or what kind of comes into my head is like this idea of boundaries because it's almost like you need to set boundaries for yourself like is that a thing (laughs) can you set boundaries for yourself because that's kind of what it feels like you're describing is this you're limiting you're gonna allow yourself but only to a certain extent without going too Mm -hmm. you know too much to do you think that there's like a bound like a boundary for self like because you hear I absolutely set boundaries especially with like work related stuff because like as I said I'm someone who always wants to try so many things and like do so many things so when I get too much outside inspiration like I find it can really overwhelm me lose that sense of like my own ideas and other influences and I know a lot of people for for a lot of people social media is a big part of that you know you hear that it's just a highlight reel like which of course is true and I Mm -hmm. think at least for me it's something that has always been obvious when I see someone on a vacation or something but again like with work I find it really affects me the most so I really try and limit the amount of other people I follow that work in a similar space or work with similar clients because I find it triggers me to like second guess myself a little bit and that's not to say that it doesn't also inspire me because I've definitely learned a lot from having peers being able to like join some sort of community online but that's a big boundary for me is just to like limit how much time Mm -hmm. I spend doing that versus like staying in my own lane and there's so many other ways to get inspired and develop your skills that I find just with like creative projects I really lose my own style because I see so many other people doing really cool things and I'm like maybe I should do it like that or I don't know then I end up rebranding my whole business every (laughs) second week because it's just an overload and when I step away I find 
everything just gets so much easier when I don't have all that noise. Do you think that that's what drives us? Because, you know, if you guys remember from, I think it was like the third or fourth episode, you know, we talked about goals and goal setting and the art of reinvention and branding and like Kim and I are like are we bad for it or are we good for it this like continuous rebrand of self of business of image of everything like does that come from overload of other things kind of seeping in and then we like are in this realm of comparison till it gets to a point where we're like oh my gosh something needs to change we need you know what do you think about that yeah I think yes and no only because if we're talking is social media fueling our need to reinvent ourselves every six months, I think maybe, but also just knowing both of our personalities, I think, and just like knowing how I was even as a kid, if you took away social media, there it would be something else. It would be the people I meet, it would be the places I went, or a book I read, like there would be something else that would make me think, oh, I want to be like a bit more like that, or like I want to work on that because that was really cool what I saw or like experienced. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think that some people are just like naturally inclined to want to learn. I guess we're all like inclined to like want to learn from others, no, no, but, but like, I, I feel like there to are an excessive... people... Yeah. yeah like that that excessive level of like I just want to experience everything and so I don't know that that would change just because social media didn't exist or like something else didn't exist there would just be other ways of being inspired because I think things like you know books and stuff influence me just as much if not more you know you finish a book that you like can't put down and you're like I am I am the main character <laughs> I... it's like my Jedi my Jedi uh, urges as a kid when I was like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna be the first female Jedi Knight from Star Wars exactly <laughs> are you building your like filtration systems like I feel like there's there's always I don't know who inspired that <laughs> Well, I don't know. What about you? Do you set like boundaries in terms of that having that inspiration overload? Yeah, so I don't think I think that this is when I listen to your answer about, you know, how you limit time and how you're kind of setting these boundaries for yourself. Yeah, I don't do that. And I think I can really get myself into places where <laughs> I become a gremlin because I get really upset and, I, and I'm bad for it. Like, I'm really, that's why that whole like shifting, you know, comparison to admiration like is really hard for me. I can't even pinpoint what it actually is. I mean, it definitely drives me to do things differently and to, you know, I think that's why I asked you about the reinvention part because I think for me, there's a part of it where either I get not not bored or like old news, like I love this idea of, of, of constant reinvention and I think what's actually driving it is that I I unhealthily spend time, you know, going through being like, oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Why don't I have that? <laughs> you know, and then it becomes this like, yeah, sometimes it can be pretty negative. So I really should set better boundaries, but I don't. And that's something that I can definitely work on and think of is that it's not something that I just notice when I reflect back onto it that that's something that I do and that's probably why it happens but because like I feel like in daily life you're doing it anyway I'm just like I'm aware (laughs) of what I'm doing what it's causing and then I just I just get mad and it doesn't do anybody any favors 
No, totally. I mean, the mute button, as anybody who's listened to the birthday episode knows, is, like, my favorite thing in the world. I'd say, honestly, 70% of the people I follow are muted on Instagram. (laughs) Which, like, everyone's gonna be like, how do I check that? Can't, so you'll never know. But I just feel like it, it helps me a lot to be able to choose. Like, they're still there. I'm still following them if I want to engage. Or, like, if, you know, maybe one day I'm like, hey, I wonder what that person's up to. I can the normal thing to do would be just text that person and be like, hey, how's it going? But, you know, if you're trying to be, like, sneaky about it, then, like, I'm technically still following them. So I can go and see what they've been up to and I can engage if I want to. But in terms of if I just check my phone and I'm scrolling, it's really only the people that I want to see are the people that I see. Like, if I haven't talked to you in, like, seven years, then you're probably muted. (laughs) Kim's following (laughs) drops significantly when people find out how to... uh... Like you're playing a dangerous game here. Um, and of course, if we're talking about comparison, you know, I I stumbled upon this and I was like, oh, Kim's going to appreciate this. Um, so does it drive you nuts, first thing, when people like mess up then versus then? Yes, but not as much as when people call like a singular woman a woman because that like actually drives me insane. And I was editing something today and it was for a, like a woman luncheon. And I was like, are you sure? It, like is one, just one woman is attending this luncheon. Uh, yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't think this is accurate. I'm pretty sure it's women's luncheon. Anyways, that one like really bothers me because like the whole context of what you're saying changes and gets so strange. Right, which is what words like with then or then. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, like I, you get the gist still. Yeah, like you're going somewhere with this. So, I like, am going somewhere with this. So when I was because the the whole basis of also Kim, do you hear music? Yeah, sorry, the ice cream truck is passing by my hands. Oh my gosh, everybody, that's the ice cream truck. It's okay, Hugo's <laughs> gonna scream in a second, so this is just what this episode this is. is. I'm just comparing myself a to hot people. Mess. <laughs> yeah, don't compare a podcast with sharp audio. I do. <laughs> Anyways, so when it comes to Than versus Than, we just have to listen to the ice cream truck, but we're back. Because, like, you know, okay. when, when people are being rude on, on Facebook, or I, I don't know why people attack spelling as like a like you're you're an idiot because you but yeah sometimes if somebody is not using the correct words yeah you're a little bit of an idiot but there's also like autocorrect and sometimes you're just an idiot in that one instance it doesn't you know whatever anyway so when I was like kind of looking for I had something completely different I stumbled upon this basically than is a conjunctive particle okay so it's used after a comparative adjective or adverb um, it's coming from, I think it's Vane. Okay, I still hear the ice cream I'm truck. sorry, it's coming back. I'm going to close my windows. One okay. second. We're back. Um, than is, so it's a conjunctive particle, which I have no idea what the heck that means, but it's used after a comparative adjective or adverb. And I think the, the words describing how sentences are structured in English, it's just, it's fake. I don't think... You know, is there really somebody who's like, oh, you know, comparative adjective, whatever. It's just nonsense. Anyways, so it comes from, I think it's thane or then. And it was developed from the adverb then, like with an E. And it wasn't distinguished from it until 1700 in regards to like spelling. Okay, and so the earliest use is in West Germanic comparative forms, introducing the second member, in other words, bigger than, 
Campari, Dutch, Dan, whatever, right? Which suggested like a semantic development from the demonstrative sense, which means <laughs> that A is bigger than B, evolving from A is bigger, comma, than the next thing. So do you see how like they were actually, oh. it's actually the same thing. So everyone's like then is in time, whereas then is like comparative. But technically, they both came from the same thing. So next time you want to be rude to somebody over their then, then, you can just whip out and be like, actually, if this was $16.99, we wouldn't have any issues with this. Yeah. And it's actually an interesting fact versus just being a dick and being like, you're yeah. <laughs> like adding that apostrophe. And at least at least they're going to learn something. Because otherwise, I just feel like correcting people's grammar on social media is a sign that you don't actually have an argument. <laughs> you've got nothing it's like being nice eyebrows loser you know yeah (laughs) it's a completely random correcting grammar is the your mom joke of the end which is just awful but yeah anyway so i think that kind of is that wrap up our our comparison like i feel like we did a lot of chatting i don't know how i wonder what our audience will will get from this one and you know maybe this is the time where we ask everybody you know how much comparison are you doing like are you aware of set comparison does it drive you off the wall are you going bonkers you know where it is knew you were gonna say bonkers (laughs) every time i see it in a show i want to like record and send it to you but then i was like no i feel like I've heard other people say it to the point now where, like, she gets it, that it's not just so obscure. <laughs> Moving on to our final segment of the show, and now the Philomath segment. Yay! We are talking about, you know, superiority and inferiority with comparison. My husband's Oma sends out emails all the time, and they're, like, just, like, little random tidbits of information and just, or, like, really cool videos. And so she sent us one, why it's called Lake Superior. So here are some Lake Superior facts, which are going to blow your mind. So it contains 10% of all the fresh water on the planet Earth. Did you know that one? What? Okay. No. <laughs> I guess not. I was like, this is, <laughs> this is like the basic bitch fact about Lake Superior. That's well, so much of the world's fresh water. Oh, it gets crazier. Okay. So it covers. No wonder everybody's going to come after us and there's no more fresh water left. <laughs> They're just going to go to Lake Superior. Actually, yeah, we have... So it's Ontario, um, Minnesota, and then Michigan and Wisconsin that all border around the lake. So it's it's humongous. So it covers 82,000 square kilometers or 31,700 square miles. The average depth is 147 meters or 483 feet. And like, I don't know which one is... You know, like sometimes meters versus feet. Like I don't know which one is when I think of like a meter. I'm like, oh, I don't know, but like that's a lot, right? And then feet. I'm like, well, a tall guy is six feet. Like that's a lot of tall guys put together, right? And so I have, a, <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time distinguishing. But that's that's I think that's deep. Um, yeah. Now there have been about 350 shipwrecks recorded in Lake Superior by surface area it is the largest lake in the world all of these I just had I was just like colon lowercase o the entire time it contains (laughs) as much water as all of the other great lakes combined plus three extra Lake Erie's then there is a small outflow from the lake at St. Mary's River um, like the Sioux into Lake Huron but it takes almost two centuries for the water to be completely re- replaced. 
there is enough water in Lake Superior to cover all of North and South America with water one foot deep. What? I'm like, <laughs> I didn't... <laughs> I did not know Lake Superior was this, like, substantial. This superior? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this superior to other lakes. So it was formed during the last glacial retreat. So it's make, it makes it one of Earth's youngest major features at only about 10,000 years old. There are 78 different species of fish that call the Big Lake home. And then the maximum wave ever recorded on Lake Superior was 9.45 meters or 31 feet high. That's crazy. I actually learned fairly recently that like a lot of people surf on in not coastal Canada. There are lakes and stuff where people like actually surf. Yeah, Lake Huron. I, that just, yeah, it just blew my mind. I did not know the waves got big enough that you could properly surf. I mean, I wonder what them. real surfers would think of that, but I remember so I grew up in Woodbridge, which is not far from Toronto. It's like a little bit north of Toronto. And so if we were ever heading to the beach, it'd be up to Wasega and Collingwood and like that area, like on the Georgian Bay. But since moving out to Waterloo, Waterloo and surrounding areas, if they're going to a beach, there's like a 50-50 chance that they're going to Lake Huron to Grand Bend. And last time I was there, I saw like surf camps going on. And we got there early enough in the morning one day that people were surfing on it. Yeah, Lake Huron crazy. is smaller, right? So it's just like, holy shit. Okay. I feel like I could surf on a Canadian waves. Are we going surfing, like- Kim? <laughs> I feel like we should. We'll like we'll live we'll live stream it on our Instagram account if everyone wants to follow us at at Wits End Podcast. Yeah, throw it in early. Okay, I've got I've got a few more for you. Okay. Okay. If you stretch the shoreline of Lake Superior to a straight line, it would be long enough to reach from Duluth to the Bahamas. And where is Duluth? You say because I don't know. This is an American thing. Basically, a city in minnesota and it's on the actual lake just imagine from the lake all the way down wow to the bahamas yeah the average underwater visibility of lake superior is about eight meters or 27 feet so it's actually the cleanest and clearest of the great lakes and underwater visibility in some spots can reach down to about 30 meters wow that's really cool yeah right? it always like it's always so crazy when lakes are so clear how how deep you can see and look so shallow i always think that when you're you know looking down into the water and you can see big rocks and like think that you could like touch them when you're swimming but like they're 30 feet below you and it's just super clear yeah so this actually i don't know if you've ever have you ever gone to mexico and swam in like the cenotes or the sin i hope i'm saying that right cenotes i think it is cenotes cenotes which is like the underwater caves of mexico Oh, I haven't. No, I haven't swum in the caves. I've okay. swum in like lagoons in Mexico. Okay, so this one, this is like, I don't know if, if this, because this kind of like stresses me out a little bit just talking about it. I did it when I was significantly younger. I bet I could still do it now. So in those underwater caves, because there is no light and there hasn't been light, there there's nothing that grows down there in that water. And so it makes it so incredibly clear that you can look down 50 feet and the rocks are these ginormous, huge boulders. And it feels like you're flying 
because your body can't, your eyes can't adjust. It's dark and stuff. You can't fully distinguish where you are. And it's, and it's quite a stressful feeling for whatever reason, because it feels, I think it feels like flight. And that's why you're just like, this is impossible. What the hell's oh, that's going so, on? I feel like that'd be so cool to do, but also swimming in caves would terrify me. I yes. Think. Yes. Yes. But do you want to hear my funny story about swimming in lagoons in Mexico? Tell me. I was, I don't know, I was probably like 14 and I was with my family, but they were like, we were snorkeling and it was, I don't know, my family was off in some other area of the lagoon and I had swum under this bridge and there was all sorts of fish. I was like, this is a good spot. You can see so many tropical fish. I was snorkeling around. I kind of popped my head up out of the water to see where my family was. This man was standing on the bridge and he looked down at me and he started talking to me and he was like, do you want to see something really cool? And I was like, sure. And so there was a fish food thing on the bridge. And so he put like some money in and like took this fish food out and chucked it at my head. And I was <laughs> ravaged by so many fish because they all just want to eat. And then my family comes like swimming over and they're like, oh my God, wow, so many fish. And I'm just like PTSD, <laughs> hyperventilating because I've just been like eaten alive by a hundred tropical fish anyways that's my story <laughs> swimming in lagoons in mexico <laughs> we actually have I, my close friend that i my childhood friend that i grew up with she's a hoot and she has what i would say is a ridiculous fear of birds and and i know that she's going to text me as soon as she hears mention of this but her fear of birds started in a very similar situation she was in italy <laughs> in i think it was venice and of course like italian pigeons you know they get what they want <laughs> and she was in one of like the big squares i believe it was with her soccer team when she was like in grade six or something and everybody started throwing bird seed at her and the pigeons don't care <laughs> and then she was attacked oh. by these pigeons and like pigeons are oh my God, it's like the exact same thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> as our tropical fish <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can say that tropical fish are as scary as, as birds. Maybe we can no, ask birds our, have like a, our listeners. Bir, bir, yeah, and we're going to put a pull up on our Instagram again at at Wits End Podcast if you want to follow. <laughs> and you can vote our birds or fish more scary. I say birds, I think. But obviously you say I fish. I honestly agree that like bird, there's something about this like sporadicness of a flying bird that is more afraid but i don't know getting wow, we got bit by a fish hold on sorry side 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 story kim and i and a few others <laughs> one summer we went to there was an old abandoned mine in quebec and it sounds exactly as safe as it is just it for was, you know what though i literally <laughs> you guys should have heard me basically we had to take our car as as high as my my honda cord could make it because it was like we were driving 90 degree angle up this mountain and oh my god i forgot about that yeah and there was like different like how parking, steep it was yeah there's different parking lots as you went up and this isn't like there's no there's no info page just to you know where to park where you know where to where are the bathrooms no. like, like this for context just... this was a closed mine and i'm pretty sure they actually like blew it up the next summer yeah they did because we too many people i think somebody wrote an article on like narcity or something and it just grew in popularity but, everybody yeah which was like obviously not super safe because it was an abandoned mine shaft so My, i think just it was very cool yeah so anyway so we're, we're driving up the car can only go so high and i'm like hey we're parking here you know the guys in the jeeps kept driving like good for them we walk a couple kilometers we get to this to this ginormous mine and like 
I want everyone to picture like Greek mythology entering down into some sort of like where gods live. That's what it felt like. And and you had to, once you got to the mouth of this, it, this cave, you literally went down for maybe 150 meters on this like, it looked like like lava rock or like lava sand. And you got to the bottom and there was like the most beautiful blue green water you've ever seen probably because who knows what was in that water to make it that color but it was just I've never been in such an enormous natural structure and so we're like climbing on the sides trying to get our pictures doesn't Kim fall into this water (laughs) it was honestly like you know in the sixth Harry Potter movie when uh, <laughs> he needs to get water for Dumbledore yes. and it won't fill up and so he goes to the side of the lake and then all those bodies come yes, out. Like, yeah. that is what I envisioned was happening to me when I fell <laughs> off of that. I was like, this is it. I'm about to be dragged into the right depths out. of this mind by, like, reanimated bodies. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was the coldest, and there was like no light down there, so it was the coldest thing. No, I, was I, say I there genuinely was, I thought this there, this was the end for me. There was light and there wasn't light because there was light in the cave. It's not like we were doing this in the dark, and there were, granted, a lot of other people there. You know, they brought their boom boxes. This wasn't. It was a very weird kind of vibe because here I am, like experiencing the brilliance of God, and you know all the you know. <laughs> Like and salsa music, a drowned rat in the corner, <laughs> so cold. <laughs> anyway, so so that's not even the point of my story. But so we went. That water was freezing. We couldn't really swim in it. So we're like, okay, well, <laughs> sorry to drag you guys to go back to not swim. And as we were heading back down, we found like a lake. And so we're like, okay, let's swim here. And this water was the most beautiful water. I think that was one of my favorite lake experiences. And it was so warm and we were having such a great time. And then something nipped my foot. And I swear I was like a spring. <laughs> I just shot out of the water and that was the end of that. And you know, I was adventurous oh God, and we're done. Yeah, fish bites are like, yeah, when you're swimming in a lake and like, the little fish come and try and like nip at your feet, it's the worst. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no thanks. But anyway, so those are like six side, 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 side yeah, stories. Yeah, back, back to Lake Superior. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I think that's all I had for Lake Superior. Oh god, Did I, I have. Oh, I had one more that it rarely freezes over completely, and then usually for just a few hours. And the last time it completely froze over was in 2009. But I just thought that you know, I'm surprised actually that it would ever freeze over completely. Yeah, it's like Niagara like, Falls. Just because of like yeah, 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 that froze too. But anyways, yeah, so I just, I thought when it comes to comparison, then if any of the other Great Lakes compare themselves to the greatest lake, <laughs> they will be feeling inferior <laughs> to the superior. Cute. Thank you. Thank you. I really think of these like last. That was good. I really didn't know how you were going to tie in Lake Superior to, to the show, but you did a good job. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that brings us to the end of episode 10. So if you haven't already, please, 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 please go on to Apple Music and, or not Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. And uh, if you could give us a review, we would love you forever. We're raffling off some really great prizes. Uh, (laughs) More on that in a future episode. Uh, All you have to do is leave us a five-star review um, and some thoughts on what you think about this episode maybe tell us uh if you compare yourself to other people um and if you think it's a good thing or a bad thing and as i've mentioned about seven times in this episode uh follow along with us on instagram at wits and podcast and we'll see you in two weeks bye bye now
Bye.